Mommy, Daddy, can I fill out the census? Previously on Watch and Talk. Also, one time in high school, they made the teacher made us watch a, an episode. He's he's gonna repopulate the world with his mutant babies. I don't blame him. She's a cutie. I, I dressed for a dinner. It's more of a supper, really. There's a different credit song this time. We literally shouted America. He's like President Chile. Welcome. <laughs> oh hi. <laughs> to uh, this is episode six of Watch and Talk. This week we're watching an episode called Mr. Willis of Ohio. Uh, to kick things off, the previously on is a Toby this week. It's the first Toby one. And uh, one thing about what was actually in the previously on is that the chili made the cut. That they decided yeah. to include that he was making chili as a previously on thing. Just important. to remind you of that. Yeah, it's pretty uh, important. The first, uh, the cold open is the poker game with the whole staff. It's like in Leo's office after uh, after work one day. And CJ's being like a super chatty dealer. No, I know help. Jack, no help. Eight, possible flush. King, possible flush. Ace, no help. Six, possible straight. Dave of love for the dealer. Ace bets. Check. Seems like she's like kind of annoying everybody a little bit. I love poker games though, and I think that poker games and like a lot of different shows are the great equalizer between like a large cast and when there's like a captain or like a president. They did this a lot in Next Generation. Yeah, if you're referring to the Next Generation, I think this is like directly out of the likability playbook for that show yeah i love it though anytime they play a poker game on the west wing it's great the president has this thing every time it's his turn he asks a quiz question and it seems to be that his like general rule for that is that if anybody can answer the question he keeps asking more questions and then when he stumps everybody he makes his bet which is an obnoxious way to play poker yeah but he's the president he's the president he's the captain of the white house uh and then Toby and the president, again, are just like a little angry with each other playing poker. They take it very seriously. Uh, and then one of the questions the, that I had a note on was the one about the punctuation marks. There are 14 punctuation marks in standard English grammar. Can anyone name them, please? And I was surprised Sam didn't know like what a question mark was. He didn't know what a parenthesis was. He's supposed to be a speechwriter. He should have known that. I was pretty off-put by the fact that Sam and Toby are smoking cigars in this scene. Sam was? Sam is smoking a cigar. Hmm. Toby makes sense. He always smokes cigars. Yeah, but Sam, not at all. Yeah. I think they're still kind of figuring out Sam. Maybe the peer pressure got to him. It's a poker thing. Yeah. You know, kick it back with the boys. Glasses of scotch. Mandy. Also, those were the days back in the late 90s where you could still smoke indoors or even in the White House. I wonder if you can still smoke in the White House. I feel like the president can do whatever he wants. Yeah, who's going to stop him? Yeah. Then again, he does, the actual president does tend to smoke outside only. Or at least that's what he says. Yeah, I don't buy that. Because mm. also remember Bartlett smoked in the Situation Room. Oh, yeah. That's true. They do end up uh, going after cigarettes later. But oh yeah, that's for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, though, as they're breaking the game up, oh, so the Bart- Bartlett wins the hand. Um, he he like does this thing where he tells Toby his card that he's looking for is over on Leo's hand, which I've never been able to notice anybody. You play poker sometimes, right, Braden? I have played. Are you able to like say like, oh, that person has your seven? No, it's just random, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I maybe he's well, joking. No, so he wins the hand though. They're not playing like Texas Hold'em where you have a lot of common cards and no one can see your private cards. 
they're I guess playing maybe you know five card draw something like that where they they all can see each other's cards and it's Louisiana onesie twosies yeah some kind of variation. So Are you making these up? <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the last one. Like even if it, like you just created a new form of poker, I think <laughs> Louisiana. That's how easy it is. I love it. I'll play that. But uh, yeah, so he can see that he's probably got like a four, five, seven, eight, and. He needs a six for a straight, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, Leo's got your six, just to okay. kind of mess with him. Yeah. Uh, as they're breaking up, uh, he says to Leo, kiss Jenny for me, because uh, he doesn't know that they split up two episodes ago. Josh makes Sam stick around. Sam, I'm going back to the office. They got the commerce report ready for me. What are you doing? I was going to go home. Sam, I'm going back to the office. They got the commerce report ready for me. What are you doing? I'm going to go back to your office with you and make sure you understand the commerce report. Mandy makes a comment about how she won all CJ's money. And um, I had a note that this one was pretty similar to the basketball scene last week where it's like they're all hanging outside of work. Yeah, this is how the White House works. You're like, work hard, play hard. <laughs> and the president's winning. Yeah, he wins all every single game they played so far. It's, oh, go ahead. It's, it, it's interesting to compare the basketball scene with this because the basketball scene is Toby calling out the president for being like less substance and more kind of procedural tricks. And here Toby is fully calling out the president for bluffing, but the president has the goods. It's oh, yeah. kind of an interesting he does, reversal. He does call him. Yeah. Also, he knows a lot of useless shit. <laughs> yeah. Toby never shows his cards. Doesn't he technically have nope. to there? No, you can, uh, you can not in onesie twosies. If you're <laughs> if you're second to go for the other person you're doing a showdown with, you don't you can just kind of oh you can forfeit throw it. them down and creep away solemnly. I also thought like when you're just like hanging out with people, they're still calling him Mr. President, and I just feel like that makes it kind of weird. Do you think all presidents make people call them Mr. President? I would. <laughs> would you? Yeah. I don't know. In fact, start. I really get the least. <laughs> just call me at least. There's a. Thing and they're pretty formal about that always. It's like yeah. Joshua will always call people congressmen, which actually comes up later in this episode. Oh, yeah. When the guy comes in, he calls him congressman, you and he call me Joe. Right, and he. I don't think Josh ever would. He's like extremely formal about that stuff. But and I remember, Leo made a big deal about it with Hoynes. He said like your your pal, and he's oh. like he's the president. Right. Address him that way, please. I wonder how much of this is sort of made up for the show to because it's like an interesting feature of all the characters that they feel like they need to uphold the office like that but i wonder in real life if it's that serious i don't know probably i would think it would be i would treat it like that when I think. i'm president <laughs> i won't make people call me miss president i'm not to go too far down the rabbit hole in this but i if you think about it like it to allow some people to call you something other than Mr. President would create this like weird competition, like who can be comfortable enough with the president to call him by Barack or whatever. And it would just add to the like office drama of the White House. You'd think though Leo would be comfortable enough to call him Jeb. Leo only calls him Mr. President. Yeah. So it's like Leo is setting the standard sort of. They, as they're breaking up, the Secret Service huddles everybody kind of hurriedly because somebody is trying to like jump over the fence at the White House. And everybody thinks it's college kids. Josh is joking around about it. Do you mind stepping away from the doors and windows, please? This whole room is doors and windows. Josh. I'm cooperating. I'm cooperating. And Leo snaps at him a little bit. 
Bartlett starts quizzing them a little bit and then they it just everything's fine. They don't really explain what happened. They just let everybody go. Main titles. Uh, I got I got no notes on the main titles this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's the standard ones. Mm-hmm. Then there's a scene with Toby where he's trying to get a copy of the Constitution and nobody can find it or apparently even has heard of the thing before. And then he says to try it on Amazon.com. Try Amazon.com. Yeah. And he pronounces it like that. <laughs> and what's weird is this is the year 2000. This would be available on the Internet, right? Yeah, if he got if he has Amazon.com, yeah. he, has, he has Google.com. He has he has uh, askjeeves.com. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. But I think that's so strange. Just look it up. And I mean this is like hard copy. This is post Wikipedia too, I think. Just barely. Yeah. I think that maybe he wants a hard copy for the sort of performance of using it later in the episode. Oh, that's a good point. But yeah, that just occurred. He's very theatrical with his paperwork later in the episode. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, that Sam and CJ have a quick scene where Sam uh, is on the phone and he has he, he gives a very meta phone call. And the president's committed to vetoing any commerce bill that prohibits sampling data as a legitimate component of the 2000 census. And I'm not saber rattling, Jill. I'm just giving you a preview of what you're going to get later with Toby. And he's actually talking about what Toby's going to talk about later in the episode. And CJ pops in and just says that she needs help with a with a thing. And it turns out that she doesn't understand how the census works, which is what uh, most of this plot episode in this episode is going to be about. It's a kind of like a civics lesson of an episode. So I wrote in my notes in this episode, the theme is Sam explains things to people because earlier in the episode, Josh was like, you're going to explain the uh, commerce. I think it might be me. the same thing, too, because that's what CJ said. She's like, I was looking over my briefing about the commerce, commerce report right. and I didn't understand it. <laughs> I don't think nobody so understands no one, the census except yeah. for Sam. <laughs> Which is bizarre. And I guess Toby gets it, but no one would dare ask Toby about it because they would get too much shit from him. I didn't I didn't really know what the, what, it, what was the big deal. That they didn't understand the census? Or? No, what the census is. You don't know what the census is? Um, you know. Did you learn about it from this episode? I did. Yeah, that was oh, the point of it. I'm like, great. like I know everything about it now, except for how many people are in the United States. <laughs> right. So I thought that was my reaction to this was like, really, they're creating this sort of like CJ gets to be the audience's vessel for learning about the census. I was like, how? Be, I think finally everyone knows the census. No. Nope. Every ten years, count everyone. Nope. <laughs> okay. Good. I filled out my census like when I was a kid for my family. Like I don't know so much stuff. <laughs> but you knew what it was. Yeah. Okay. Like you weren't excited when you were a kid when the census came out and you're like, Mommy, Daddy, can I fill out the census? Filling out forms is literally my least favorite thing to do I, in the world. I kid you not. I like <laughs> literally I was counting the years until the nineteen ninety census. Oh yeah. <laughs> How many? How many years? Well, I did that it in two thousand. I couldn't. I don't think I could write in nineteen ninety with my hands. That's where I got my replacement hands. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like computer, but I don't think I had a computer then either. Would you, would you just dictate to your secretary? Yeah, my like childhood secretary yeah. is that. It's not something everyone had. <laughs> Well, I fired. You have like your nanny and then you have your secretary. (laughs) No paperwork nanny. People like forms. You liked to forms. It's like a a thing. It's like an exciting. It's like a cool thing. It's like a quiz. It's more of like a survey than like a form like the doctor's office. Exactly. I can see the appeal of wanting to go like pull the lever at the voting booth 
Yeah, because it it's like... a big mechanical thing. Very used to be at least. Oh. There's like a there's formality to it. Like I liked scantrons too, because you get to fill in the bubbles. You know what you'd love? Going to the doctor. I hate that though. I hate not the doctor. I mean, I don't care about waiting the waiting room's cool. Yeah, I like the waiting room. <laughs> I don't like any of it. That's and I when you get the forms. I hate filling out the forms because it's always the same information over and over again. But you know what? I, I hate to say it, but like whenever I do go to a doctor for the first time, a part of me is like, I am so good at filling out forms. I'm no. going to kill it. I'm going to finish this thing so quickly right and now. so accurately. And they're going to be like, damn. What do you guys put in a, there's a box and you have to make a mark in it. What shape do you put in it? X. X. I go X too. Yeah, usually X. It's, it's a symmetrical mark. Yeah. I think a check crazy. can be misinterpreted if you don't get it right <laughs> in the box. It could look like you're crossing it out. Also, do you ever put a secondary number? Why do they have that space? Just call the first day number. Wait, what? What? There's like, <laughs> do you have a secondary phone number? Oh. And like, oh. No, this one is good. Yeah, you only it need like one. It like works Guys. all the time. Yeah. Like, well, I use it I think always. it's just sort of Like a... I always have it. This I always, a... always have it. When people like, have always, landlines. I always, always use it. Always, always. <laughs> When people had landlines, you would put your landline and then your cell phone or your yeah. landline and your work. It's a vestigial that, form element. Exactly. And that's yeah. why it's not even mandatory anymore. Yeah. Soon forms will what evolve put, to not have in that, that anymore. Space? N slash A. Classy. I just, wow. I, I do an NA only on like allergy questions because I want them to know I thought about it. But on the <laughs> phone number, they don't deserve an explanation. Maybe just a scribble to show your distaste. I, mean, I, I put, put a really angry, like, like a, scribble. a sad face. Like a scribble. I put their own phone number back on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just why? With lots of question marks. <laughs> okay, back to the show. <laughs> There's a Josh and Donna scene, and they set up this little like runner plot where Donna wants her share of the budget surplus back, and Josh is saying that, no, you can't have it. And then she says, we're not done with this, and they, they dip again. Um, How cute is that? There's a budget surplus. There was one in oh. that year, like I yeah. think, like the end of the Clinton administration. There but would have been so, a budget surplus. But so here's the thing: was there a budget surplus, or is it just off book? Was it just off book? Probably <laughs> off book. Definitely off book. Also with Donna, um, I feel like she consistently does this in future episodes too. She's like kind of like Republican in her her views. A She's lot. Midwestern, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to her money. Well, she just always wants it back. Yes, but the show does an interesting job of not really giving Josh a good response to her criticism. So the show's kind of like empathizing with uh, Donna's criticism from the right. Yeah, maybe. Right, he's just like, yeah, we we're that's us. We're Democrats. Yeah, we're we, Democrats. We don't trust you. Right. You're stupid. He, yeah, you know he, better. He, partially, he just doesn't feel the need to explain himself to Donna. <laughs> I think maybe too. But Josh really is a technocrat as far as his character he is concerned. He does say pay down the debt and something else. So he he gives like the reasons, but he doesn't make any justification that they're better reasons really. Yeah. And honestly, paying down the debt is a bad way to spend money because it doesn't generate growth in the economy. And is it really that there is just extra money or it's just the money hasn't been assigned to certain like spending that's it yeah yeah the but the budget which allocates money is in total smaller than the amount of money they raise in taxes oh, that's the other thing too the amount you raise in taxes which you think you're raising in taxes isn't always what you actually collect so there's problems there too what do you mean 
sometimes the IRS has a really hard time collecting the amount of they money use they think they're entitled to. To determine the amount <laughs> yeah. of money they're going to collect. Right, we learn. And yeah. it's inaccurate. Uh, there's a senior staff meeting. They're going over the stuff that's in this appropriations bill. And it's like all this like supposedly useless stuff that doesn't necessarily seem that none of it seemed that crazy i mean i guess the thing where the faa didn't know about the air traffic system that they wanted but a lot of it like half a million to renovate a historical site seems totally reasonable do it and what do you have against lettuce geneticists or a documentary about infrastructure hold on just do it again say it lettuce geneticists lettuce geneticists lettuce geneticists it's good, right? It's hard. You have yeah. to really focus I on tried, it. I tried. I practiced. <laughs> you really shined. Thank you. Yeah, and they, they, in return, they want power zones, U.S. rail, and funding for 100,000 teachers. So that's that's their like what they're getting out of this bill that they're super concerned about. The only problem is that there's a census-related thing, this thing called sampling, and they need three swing votes on the committee to get it they're not worried about it because people want to make their flights we're fine you sure tomorrow's the start of a three-day weekend and 435 congressmen want to make their flights home in the morning you think that'll do it oh i know that'll do it and then leo just says like don't make me look stupid like do whatever you have to do though and josh makes a weird analogy that i had to look up leo newt rockney sometimes i get him mixed up he says leo newt rockney and um he's a he's a football coach he was a sport guy famous football coach um, if you've ever heard the phrase uh, "win one for the Gipper," that's what that's this guy. He said that. Oh, that was Rotney. Newt Rotney. Newt. What's a Gipper? Old Newt. The Gipper. What's the Gipper? <laughs> I didn't look that. <laughs> I always thought it was a a Ronald Reagan thing. Yeah, I thought Ronald Reagan was the Gipper. Yeah. Well, he just appropriated that. He became the Gipper, but the Gipper first <laughs> was was existing before. Uh, apparently, it's a guy named George Gip. Who was That's the nickname I would have gave him. Yeah, well it, it turns Gipper. out Gipper is the nickname and, and Gip is just the name. And he was in Notre Dame college football halfback in the nineteen twenties. And he was just like a friendly guy. People seemed to like him a lot. And he had this weird problem where, you know, very successful football player, he snuck off campus, he missed his curfew. He couldn't get back on campus, got locked out of the door. He often would sneak through to get back on campus the back way and had to sleep outside and caught pneumonia and died. Oh. So he couldn't win one. I so was not expecting that. You got to win one he struggled pretty, for the Dipper. Well, he struggled pretty heavily in the hospital for like a long time and he just He's couldn't shake. Yeah, he couldn't shake the infection. So... Uh, what was his name? Newt Rockney Newt was Rockne. his coach at Notre Dame, and he goes to visit him. And this is supposedly, according to Newt Rockney, what George Gipp said to him: "I've got to go, Rock. It's all right. I'm not afraid. Sometime, Rock, when the team is up against it, when things are wrong and the Briggs are beating the boys, ask them to go in there with all they've got and win just one for the Gipper. I don't know where I'll be then, Rock, but I'll know about it and I'll be happy." <laughs> and so then Newt Rockney <laughs> used this story and quotation to like get his team all riled up, I guess, during halftime. And uh, they came from behind, I guess, a 12 to 6 upset and uh, and actually won one for the Gipper. So who documented all of that? Why is Ronald Reagan the Gipper? 
so he kind of appropriated the win one for the Gipper line in his campaign. And it, that was like widely understood. That's so strange. Is that the plot of Rudy? <laughs> is Rudy the Gipper? I don't know. But they, they, so I now realize they make fun of this in Airplane. Really? Wait, yeah, wait, the air traffic on. controller is Rudy guy. Is a Jewish movie? <laughs> I swear to God, we watch it in Hebrew school. I don't know why. It takes place at Notre Dame, so I'm gonna guess no. Wait, is Rudy one of the famous Jewish sports heroes that's in the pamphlet from Airplane? Rudolph. So it's not a Jewish movie. I I don't I don't know. I think it's a Catholic movie. Okay, that's so obscure that story. That's yeah. so strange. Uh, there's a meeting with the president and this new character, Ron Butterfield. Uh, pretty pretty awesome name. Mm-hmm. And he's going over like the security system that caught this intruder person. And there's a the funny thing where he's like pointing out on the map. He's like, we have alarms here, 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 here. Here, 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 and here, 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 and here. And that guy, he's like super nerdy and excited about all this. Like when at the end, he's like, happy to know our security system worked exactly the way our security system's supposed to work. Isn't that great? He's we like, got him, boss. Yeah, he's like extremely I happy. I love Ron. He's, so he's like what the head of the Secret Service or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, he's great. I like anytime he's in an episode. So that actor always gets cast as like a security official. What else has he been? He in? was in Twenty Four, and you just see him pop up everywhere. He's always a security guy. I actually thought he would already, he had already been introduced because I think he always he's always that. It's guy. ridiculous. Like, he's oh, got yeah. the mustache no, I, for I it. That guy. Yeah, he has. He's the guy. Yeah, but you don't find him interesting enough where you where anyone's ever like, hey, make him a more fleshed out character. He always <laughs> is just like security guy. He's a regular Newt Rockney. <laughs> <laughs> the they. Give a quick rundown of like what the intrusion was. She tripped it here. She? Yes, sir. It wasn't a fraternity stunt? No, sir. It was a mentally unbalanced woman in her 40s. Leo pops in and then the the president does this really weird exposition thing where he's like, Leo. Good morning, Mr. President. Hello, Ron Butterfield. Hey, have you ever met Ron Butterfield, the head of my secret service <laughs> division? <laughs> and Leo's like, uh, yeah, I like hired this guy. <laughs> why, do you, why are you introducing me to him? That it turns out that Zoe was the target for the thing, not the president. Uh, she was she had some vendetta against Zoe for some reason. And she had a gun. Yeah, she had a gun. Uh, Ron steps out of the room so that Leo and the president can have like their chat together. They decide not to tell Zoe about it, which I don't know. How, would you guys want to know that? Probably not. If it, if I was no longer in danger. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you would change. And I think she, like, you would just scare her, you know? I would be scared, and then you kind of walk around being scared. Yeah, well, maybe if she was scared, she wouldn't have gotten herself into trouble later in the episode. Well, I think, well, I think that a- yeah. she gets scared enough to, mm-hmm. you know, not let that happen right. again. Leo brings <laughs> up uh, the thing that the president said about Jenny earlier in the in the poker scene and he gets cut off when Ron comes back in and they, they delay it again. Uh, then they go into the Roosevelt room. It's a, the meeting with the swing votes on this commerce bill, the, that Mr. Willis guy comes in and there's a long lingering camera shot on him. And then he has a weird exposition thing too, where he's like, hi, I'm Mr. Willis. My wife was Janice Willis. I know she passed away last month. So I've taken over a seat in Congress. Yes, sir. We know. 
and he keeps he keeps he gets like three backstory things after they keep interrupting him to say like yeah we know who you are man yeah sorry sorry your wife died stop making us uncomfortable yeah and then toby comes in and is like i was a big fan of your wife like it's like it's no, a we very get, strange exposition. Yeah, we, we, we work at the White House. No, but I, I, th- I thought this guy was the best. I know. I, lo- I mean, he's Joe, Joe Sixpack. I love him. Joe Q. Public. <laughs> oh, yeah, Toby does come in with Regular his... Joe. <laughs> that's him. Joe the plumber. No. No, he's like... Joe the civics Joe... professor. That's one. Yeah. Uh, Toby comes in with his assistants, and they, they put all the, the paperwork. And the books had really cool binding or lack of binding. I guess when a book gets thick enough, you just put vertical poles yeah. down through the pages. And then like cover, back. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It's a 7,000 page bill, which is like, that's like fantasy novel length of a bill there. And 55 pounds <laughs> right. well, paper. It depends on what stock of paper you printed on. It's not really a good way to measure. <laughs> also, the margins are ridiculous on those things. Why? They just It's like a two inch margin on every side. Well, Would if you- you're not going to put a spine on the book. You probably protects it. Be careful, I guess. You got to make notes in there and stuff. It probably doesn't fold particularly well either, being that thick. Also, if your goal is to prevent legislators from actually reading the bill, you want to make it as large as possible. That's a good point. So really, it's like maybe a 30-pound bill. Yeah, 4,000 pages. Yeah. Uh, they threaten that they're going to veto this bill over this census amendment. And Toby also threatens that he's going to keep them there over the weekend when they want to go home. And the, that Mr. Willis guy is like, go for it, dude. I got nowhere to go. <laughs> I'm in the White House for the first time. He's like, this is cool. Yeah. I'm going to be... hang out with these people. I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> I have friends now <laughs> for the first time since my wife died. Oh, it's so sad. I mean, so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty sad. So um, <laughs> I, was, I was curious. Moving uh, on. Are the are the people that are in there? Are they Republicans? Do they explain that? They are, um, because the big point of disagreement between them is that it's a partisan thing, right? So which, was Willis's wife a Republican? Yes. Okay, I think so because she they 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 have the same party leader later when oh, they talk about right, it. Yeah, yeah. I was a little confused about that too, um, just because Mister mm. Willis is a African American dude, oh. and he wouldn't be. Yeah. A Republican, probably. It, they don't do that. But they, hold on, I thought they were just on the same committee together. They all have the they. There's a thing like, oh, the our leader's not going to let us switch our votes so like I this. Think they're talking about the le- the head of the committee, like the chief of the committee or whatever. So. Well, in in the West Wing universe, the Republicans are in control of the House, and I think the party in the majority controls the the leadership of the committees. Is it not a mix of Dems and Republicans? Well, it's usually like 5-4 or whatever the division is, but it's slight swayed to the party that's in power. Oh, uh, okay. The, they go to Sam and CJ after that. Um, Sam's being like a little rude about giving CJ some her lesson about this uh, census. Pretend for the purposes of this conversation that I'm dumb. Let me try and conjure an image of you as a stupid person. You're cracking wise. I'm admitting to you that... There are things I do not know. And I'm telling you that I don't think anybody would have any trouble imagining that there are things you do not know. But he does do a pretty admirable job of like explaining what the census is and like gives kind of like a this is like the thing this is the episode you could show in 
a high school class. Is this the one you watched, Brayden? I don't know, but I watched it today and I learned about the census. <laughs> it was like really good. Right you, along with CJ. Do you think that now like this is something you would be okay with seeing in a school classroom? Don't talk to me about that. <laughs> is it still it's a sensitive What subject? if there's a substitute? And Fine. Okay. So you could maybe learn Most more. Most substitutes just usually show videos. Yeah. And you would learn something from this video. See, but in our high school, when there was a substitute, you were gone. Like that was all the excuse you needed to just be just out of there. Like physically gone or oh, mentally? Oh, yeah. You were halfway out campus by then. Dude, mm. that's so cool. You sound like a we delinquent. That's so cool. <laughs> Stay in school, kids. Wait, but that would just be for one class. Then you would like go back for yeah. other classes? Kill an hour. Wow, your school is like let, let you leave and come back. Yeah, I think that we went to the least prison like sc- public school I've ever heard of. Yeah, I don't like think you can do that anymore. No. no, I couldn't even do that like when I was near you guys in a different school. Suckers. I remember old students just used to drop by school, wander the hallways, really pop into classes, say hi. Yeah, that's an amber alert. I mean, a red alert. Yeah. You have to get you have to call ahead and get like a visa before you go yeah. to school now. <laughs> yeah, you have to like have a passport usually. The uh, the so the problem the problem is that the census is a manual head count, which is inaccurate and expensive. Um, and then CJ eats some of Sam's fries, and he gives her side eye every single time she does it. Uh, there's a Leo and Mallory scene. It's a really really short one, maybe a winner for the shortest scene in the West Wing so far. <laughs> That, uh, but Leo has moved to a hotel since then to give his wife the house back. And he's under the impression that it's going to blow over, but it won't. Uh, they go back into the Roosevelt room. The Republican guys are upset that it's going to be a partisan thing. It's That's a really quick one, too. Some, it's interesting. Every time they cut to Sam and he explains something, they cut to the Roosevelt room and they have the argument about it. It's an interesting like plot structure. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's well done because it sort of e- makes it easier to follow the argument that Toby is having with the Republicans. Right, there's like a couple understand. points to the argument, and so they could like give you like the backstory on it, and then give you the argument about it, and then resolve it, and then repeat a couple it, times. I, I did find weird how how often CJ compliments Sam's explaining ability. He's really good though. Every time he says something, she's like, you're just so good at explaining. You are a very good teacher, Sam. And then he's like, wait, but I'm not done. <laughs> there's more. Yeah, I said one sentence. It's a little more complicated than that. Uh, there's a Donna and Josh scene again, and they're still following up on the the surplus and refund thing. Um, they, they go a little more into detail there. Um, this is the second just let's explain some concept about government plot line in this episode it's it's the most detailed episode policy wise yeah it's we've pretty so far. um donna wants to get a 700 dollars dvd player with her money um which is i can't believe dvd players used to cost that much but i actually looked it up and that's they, insane they debuted at over a thousand in 97 so that's actually about right that in like 99 a 700 dollars dvd player it makes you feel really bad for the people that spent $1,000 in their Laserdisc player. Laserdiscs were pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah. he bought one. He definitely bought one. Me? Yeah, no. I never... I yeah, never... no, you bought one. I, I, <laughs> our school had one, like one for the whole school. Really? Um, yeah, I, I remember handling a Laserdisc at one point in, in my life, but I don't... Yeah, I never had one. It would be cool to show a kid nowadays a Laserdisc. 
or a DVD even. <laughs> but I mean, like a like a laser disc would make you feel like you were like a, like a, you were shrunk. There's probably a kids react video. Oh, definitely to that. Wait, were the we'll laser discs the, the tiny the ones? No, they're gigantic, like the size of an album, like yeah, a record. The, yeah, it's like an LP size DVD. Oh, when did when did those exist? Back back in the dizzy early nineties. Yeah, think I have one. L- late eighties, early. It was 90s. a short window. It was a brief window where like fancy people got these machines and then they were done. Oh, weird. I mean, even the name of it, like laser disc, it's so like guys like we yeah. got laser. these laser things, laser with a Z. Yeah. Josh goes into the Oval Office because he got called in there. Uh, Bartlett's on a conference call with the Postmaster General, and he doesn't know what the call is about. He asks Josh to take Charlie out for a beer, uh, and then he tries to give him some cash, and the president doesn't have any cash on him or keys, which I, I found super interesting. Maybe the most interesting thing in the whole episode is that one little line. Yeah, I love that. Which, um, what, so what does the president carry? Nothing? Panic button. I Does probably, Bartlett need him? No, he's got eyes on him all the time. I feel like nowadays a president would have some sort of smartphone. Well, Obama that's uh Obama does have a BlackBerry, but it's a it was like a nightmare to get apparently. Like the NSA had to like make a custom <laughs> firmware for BlackBerry so that it couldn't be hacked and stuff like that. Wow. It's it's and he still can't have an iPhone to, as like his messaging device. Although he does have an iPad for like ESPN or whatever. It's like, but I don't think you can put any like personal information into that one. And those those actually get archived too for like record keeping purposes. Oh, really? Yeah, which is super interesting. But like, um, I don't know. What uh, if you guys were president? What would you want to carry? Oh, I'd probably want a pen. Oh yeah. I feel like that's useful and important. Maybe like a twenty sided die. <laughs> Braden. To settle disputes. Yeah. <laughs> like a hand buzzer, fake vomit. Uh, like a worry stone, maybe. Mm, good, that's good. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, I just love the idea of the president's like uh, everyday carry. It's it's super fascinating to me. Yeah, I don't know. A handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> but like a like a fancy one. embroidered. Yeah, <laughs> like my initials. Uh, Charlie and Josh have a quick scene where Josh invites him out to the the beer that the president forces him to do, and it seems that Charlie believes he's. Maybe being propositioned. What kind of bar is this, Josh? No, it's fine. Yeah, he's yeah. like, what kind of bar is this? Are we going to do a gay stuff? Yeah, and then, <laughs> then Josh says it's fine. Nah. As, as, as if it wouldn't be fine otherwise. Yeah, it's super <laughs> weird. They like deal with um, any sort of like homosexuality very strangely in this show so far. As, as we will see later. Yeah. Uh, and... Miss Landingham uh, starts a, a theme of Josh leering at co-eds, which I, I, I don't know the word, the phrase co-eds comes from, but th- everybody uses it. Mandy says it right after that. Oh, it must be because it used to be colleges where no women allowed, and then the few colleges that let women in were co-ed, and then like the the female college attendees were like... They got a reputation. Assumed to be kind of uh, loose. <laughs> okay. Oi. But I'm just assuming that it could be totally fine. You know how them girls like to learn? <laughs> <laughs> then Mallory and Zoe... Take us with you. Where? Out tonight. Your plans with Charlie. How do you know I'm going out with Charlie? My dad just told us. Already have found out about this thing. In the time that Josh and Charlie were talking, the president has gotten off the phone, talked to these two 
about them going to the bar. It, it was 15 seconds. I don't, the, the timing of that just makes no sense. Josh accuses Mallory of putting a booty call on Sam to get him to go. Uh, and then Josh immediately pegs that it's going to be trouble because Sam's there. So he, he's got a rep too. He's a co-ed. <laughs> but then also um, Josh says he's not going to flirt with co-eds. It'll be grad students. Oh, yeah. So how old is Josh supposed to be here? Mid-30s, I'd say. Don't and judge. How old is a grad, you grad could be, student? You could like go to school as late as you want. Yeah, I mean, grad students, you know? upper end would be... 27, yeah. 28, 29, 30, 31, right. 40s. I guess you know. in my mind, Josh seems so much older, like closer to 40, like or 40. Just because of his hairline? Maybe. But guys, Josh is like, like <laughs> sexual dynamite. Like women just can't stop following him around wherever he goes. Oh, he's got the cheerleaders. Yeah. Yeah. So he really, like, it, like the world's his oyster, women yeah. wise. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, he's a ginger. That's nice. But other than that. Hmm. I, had, I had one thing on the Sam thing with Josh. Um, it's, it's almost like they couldn't decide what Sam's character was early in the show. Because he's kind of like the like paladin of the show in a way. He's, like the, he's the most like upstanding and smart and nice guy for a lot of the show. But at the beginning, he keeps getting into trouble weirdly he did a prostitute did a prostitute he's he's super creepy at the beginning and it seems like they're like simultaneously trying to make him like the super good guy and like the bad boy at the same time yeah it's kind of not working it's right. better when he sort of finds his own as a, as a good guy yeah i think they they must have thought they were getting like the the brat pack roblo or at the very least like the wayne's world roblo <laughs> they certainly did not there's a sam and cj scene after that they're just they're doing the they they literally like pick up the next sentence of this conversation, but they're in a different room. I know. I thought that was so funny that they changed rooms. They're like, we need we need <laughs> put, new put scenery. The, put the fry down, CJ. Yeah. Let's go and sit in a more comfortable place. Yeah. Uh, so the CJ. I didn't get, notice that. Yeah, they were in her office before, and oh. then they were in the press room. Yeah, mm. maybe it's supposed to make you think that they are having like a very long conversation. But he says, "And next, let's talk about sampling." And then they cut. And then he says, so sampling is, it's the, it's the next sentence. Um, yeah, they, they explain the sampling thing. Um, and then Josh comes in and invites Sam out to have drinks, uh, not CJ. Um, she likes beer. She likes beer. She doesn't order a beer. She orders she, a grasshopper. Mm-hmm. So disgusting. Never had one. They go back to the, uh, the meeting in the Roosevelt room after that um, to pick up again from where sam was talking sam was talking about sampling and now here's the part of the argument about sampling there's like some constitutional issues um because they say like it should count every person and the phrase that they get caught up on is by the whole number of persons and i want like that doesn't imply a head count does it no like you if the argument is that sampling is more accurate then the whole number of persons clause is just as much an argument in favor of sampling you know people will make arguments like well why use that phrase and what they'll look you know scalia recipes would have uh <laughs> looked at like oh what novels use the phrase a uh, whole number of persons from that time period and did they mean it in co- in contrast to like estimating and maybe you can make those kinds of arguments but yeah it's just how come they call it words. sampling do you... They they kind of get into this later, but they're talking about polling, right? 
Right. So they would do a, a count of a neighborhood and extrapolate the results from that to the surrounding neighborhoods, for instance. Ah, I see. I see. So they're like, oh, this is like roughly the demographic breakdown here. Like there's this many people and we know from DMV or whatever that this is right. the breakdown of races and whatever. Got it. So it's it basically like saves them a bunch of work and it's theoretically more accurate because of the, all the issues they say about you can't find homeless people because they don't have houses to go knock on the doors of or yeah. like in the inner city, people maybe wouldn't answer the door for people or whatever. So they're like kind of making a educated guess about the rest of the population. But which is potentially more accurate right. and definitely cheaper. Yes. Is the, the big argument, the main argument there. Um, and then the like turning point comes. Mandy left out a few words. Didn't she, Mr. Willis? Yes. Mr. Willis teaches eighth grade social studies, and Mr. Willis knows very well what the article says. It says which shall be determined by adding the whole number of free persons and three-fifths of all other persons. Three-fifths of all other persons. They meant you, Mr. Willis, didn't they? Yes. This is that part of the Constitution about slavery. Yeah. And damn, you got served. Uh, yeah, Toby kind of knows where his like opening to argue this is. And he's as he's saying, as the other guys are arguing, he never takes his eyes off of Mr. Willis. He just stares him down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Well, the way that Toby uh, like sort of gets Mr. Willis is that he has him sort of fill in the blank. Instead of like straight up saying it's you, he's like, and you know, because you're a social studies teacher, right. what it actually is. And then he, I thought it was very like, cleverly done, unless like shoving, even though he's being very manipulative. Like, yeah, that was very like perceptive of Toby to know what the guy's like job was. Yeah, for sure. Though it really could have backfired. Like he didn't really know, and or if he was like conservative, like his wife. Yeah, you know? sure. Hmm. So high risk, high Took a bet. Yeah. You'd think after he just got burned on calling someone's bluff earlier in the episode, he would be more cautious. But uh, I guess it pays off. Yeah, but the, the guy actually does uh, decide to change his mind. They have a nice little moment together as they're wrapping up the meeting. I was wondering what changed your mind. You did. I thought you made a very strong argument. Toby seems very they're kind of like he's proud of it, I guess. Uh, but he does uh, immediately acknowledge his like he's like I was being a little shady with you, and there are problems with this thing, which is kind of similar to what he was doing last week with the gun bill. Where he was like, I, this, why can't we just admit the problems of this bill? Like he, he's very uh, introspective in that way. It's a nice character trait of Toby's. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about him, actually. It's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Joe is just, uh, Mr. Willis is is like, uh, yep, uh, in truth, I really don't care as long as the TV or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> he said a, right, he said yeah. a thing. As long as the people who decide on TV don't decide. No, they got else, it. Right? They got it. I think Will- everyone understood. Mr. Willis is really <laughs> down TV. on himself, too, because he's like, I don't know why what my wife ever wanted with a dummy like me before. Yeah, he's like a teacher. <laughs> I'm just yeah, a I humble mean, that's a pretty, teacher. That's a pretty good pull for a eighth grade social studies teacher to like bag a congressman. Yeah. Congresswoman. Um, but that he's, he's, he seems like a good dude. Uh, he's like, he's a friendly dude and he's, he's jovial, if not particularly funny. He at least tries to make jokes. And as he's walking out of the room, like the, like more, you know, sound plays. Well, good luck, Congressman. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
no, <laughs> like doesn't. over when Toby's smiling. It's like a seriously. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. That's awesome. Because he he just learned a valuable lesson. Um, and then he, I got confused because he's like, now I have a roll call, and Toby's like, oh yeah, just vote yes. But wasn't the whole thing about a subcommittee thing? So does that not have to happen now? Yeah, I I didn't catch the subcommittee stuff earlier that you caught, so I don't I have no idea because it looks like at the end they're actually doing like a full. They are. Vote. Yeah, maybe it's that the thing never has to the subcommittee amendment like will just never come to a vote because they know they can't pass it and so the whole bill goes to the floor immediately yeah I'm, i don't know if like things have to get out of committee or if maybe the majority in its discretion can just pull something to a floor vote directly i think maybe they can yeah that's kind of what i took but it was a little confusing about the timeline of what was actually going to happen here yeah. uh that, that so then they wrap that up so to- toby won he he instructs mandy's like go tell leo also, Toby and Mandy kind of made a good tag team on this whole mm-hmm. operation. I was impressed. Yeah, Mandy uh, did did well for herself this week. Yeah, especially because she somehow knew to like not read the entire quote from the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> they must have plotted that one out before. I feel like the whole maybe like, she's just embarrassed. Yeah, everything that Mandy and Toby did from the beginning of this meeting seemed very orchestrated with the huge like fifty five pound paper documents and like everything it was and the manipulation of mr willis it seemed very planned they uh they go to the oval office and there's a bartland miss landingham and this is the sassiest miss landingham's been yet i think there's no need to adopt a tone mr i'm adopting a tone i'm just trying to get out of here would there be anything else sir? i'm saying no i just want to go home and there's that tone again uh and then leo comes in and then leo finally tells him about the jenny thing and bartlett gets like Every sentence gets increasingly more upset. You're kidding me. Leo, you're kidding me. No. One of those... Don't tell me nothing happened, Leo. I know you. I know Jenny. Married couples like you don't just get divorced nothing because nothing happened. happened. I don't understand how this happened, Leo. You and Jenny were happy. But that's See, not the... Marriage needs attention, Leo. It can't run on autopilot. Come on, it's not your prom date we're talking about here. We're talking about your family. Well, Mr. President, thank you for pointing that out. I guess that's his Catholicism coming through. He doesn't appreciate divorce, maybe, or he just likes them together. Well, I also, I sort of think that he maybe realizes it's not working because of how committed Leo is to his job, and he he feels, like, guilty about it. Yeah, that's what Leo... uh, says that's why you didn't tell him is because right. i know how you feel about jenny and I, I got the slight vibe that like the president was like into jenny a little bit because he's like kiss jenny for me and leo's like <laughs> i know how you feel about jenny everyone's into jenny sam yeah. the president she got a nice neck <laughs> <laughs> and then um sort of at the end of this conversation oh, and then the president does say he's like i want to talk to her <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> he's like well, i'm splitting up with jenny he's like i want to i want to get in on that oh my gosh well, he says to Leo, you're the man, fix it. Oh, God, that was the, that's, I think, my least favorite Bartlett yeah. scene. Because so, he's so awkward in it. Fix this, Leo. It's not as simple as that. It is as simple as that. You're the man, fix it. Mr. President, fix it. It's, it's really like uncomfortable. But I'm wondering, is he like, fix you're it. the man, as in like you're a male, fix yeah. it? Or is he like, you like the man? You're like, the man, you the man. Now, dog. Fix it. You're the man. Fix it. No. <laughs> no, but this isn't the first time that they've had weird, like, m- like masculine identity things going on. Like the scene, maybe it was the first episode, the second episode, where they're Leo and and uh, Bartlett are like 
something about our fathers. It's like it's not what our fathers no, no. would have done. Yeah, that's what that's uh, what our fathers taught us. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that's not that's like a kind of a bad shortcut for not having to actually write out reasons. Just the end of that scene is always sticks out. It, there's something weird about it. It's just not not natural or something. You the man fix, fix it. it. <laughs> <laughs> then they uh, they go to the bar. Uh, there's some Foo Fighters playing over the the radio. <laughs> uh mallory and zoe uh both know about Lori. or mallory got told in the first episode but zoe knows about it too but charlie didn't know so now he knows so the circle is widening on who knows about sam so i i wrote down so cj has the grasshopper she didn't bring my grasshopper she didn't no maybe she just felt really stupid ordering it the grasshopper is perfectly respectable i'll get it i'll get it i want to see them make it it's called the grasshopper straight up right do you order a grasshopper straight up? It's like a very frou-frou drink. No, stri- I mean, straight up you would. That's like shaken on ice and then strained. Oh, but isn't that implied in the drink already? I think so. I, I'll have a I, grace, grasshopper shaken, not gra- Grasshopper on the rocks, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see like uh, like blended ice on a grasshopper, Ew. like a margarita. Okay. I can't even talk about a grasshopper <laughs> anymore. It's so gross. You could maybe make like a frozen drink version yeah like a daiquiri, a daiquiri? yeah make like a daiquiri a grasshopper daiquiri yeah <laughs> i'll have a grasshopper daiquiri sir <laughs> what is that ma'am <laughs> okay so confession time a grasshopper it's a bug well that too but it's the first drink that i ever ordered myself from a bar hmm. when i was 18 and didn't know anything about did you drinks. think that was cool how did it's you know what a grasshopper is? Did someone tell you that was a cool you know, thing a, to it do? It just popped into my head. I have no idea what how I it? even knew it was a So drink. it's creme de menthe, creme de cocoa, and cream. It's super gross. Creme. Yeah, it's, it's like not a, a creme. white Russian, but like I don't even know. Mint. Well, you know a grasshopper it's a dessert, drink. dessert? It's like a green juice yeah. but the, you know, The grasshopper dessert is like chocolate mint. It's an Andy's candy and alcohol Like a form. grasshopper bar. I'm sold. I mean, yeah, it tastes pretty sweet. but It's like a milkshake cocktail. I don't buy CJ ordering how did you know what that was when you were 18 i don't i have no idea that's weird (laughs) were you trying to play it like were you watching you're like a classy individual i'll have a grasshopper my good man not i i'm sure it did not work out cool for me (laughs) sir (laughs) (laughs) when i uh first started going to like keg parties and stuff i didn't have like the beer gene yet and you know so I, i would drink those little like kalua drinks <laughs> yeah no, i hated beer throughout all of undergrad and it was like the free booze and i i would make myself drink it but i just hated it yeah like a mudslide you you get like they a had like little like pre-packaged like yeah like yeah i guess that's what it is yeah like a, it's like a milk milk drink <laughs> oh my gosh that's so adorable like a mudslide my first thing i ordered was an apple teeny when i was 16 because i saw it on sex in the city <laughs> it's delicious though yeah, at least like, that has a lot of alcohol in it. Yeah, it was very alcoholic. I was with my mom, and we both got very drunk. Yeah, those are strong. They're just sweet. Yeah, it tastes like candy. What a great way to get kids hooked on alcohol. <laughs> Milk and candy. Um, yeah, CJ didn't get the grasshopper, so she has to go up to the bar, and Zoe makes a, a point about how she's like, oh, I, I want to get it. I want to see him make it, which that's not an interesting drink to be made either. No. Like, you're going to be disappointed, Zoe. <laughs> Sorry. She leaves all of her stuff, including the panic button that she has on her at the table. It's just lipstick and stuff. My panic button ruins the line of my outfit. And then these three dudes go up and creep on Zoe at the bar. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hi. Um, what, what's your name? 
they're super unsmooth. They're just like, we're going to guess your name. It's like a really bad game. Also, do you guys normally hit on girls in packs of three? Yeah, I don't know. And like surround them menacingly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bad well, news bears. Yeah. Also, they don't know who she is. I said, what's your name? You're kidding, right? Hey, you just asked no. me for your name. Why would, how would they not know? Which is weird. Yeah. Because... If I, mean, I saw Malia, I wouldn't know who she is. Yeah, but if I I'd saw... I'd be very excited. But do you know which is Malia and which is the other one? Yeah. Okay. I don't. Okay. But I, I would you not know? know the Bush daughters if I met them anywhere. No, one's Jenna. That's true. I wouldn't. I'd just be like, hey, waspy girl. One's a Jenna. Maybe they're just Republican. Charlie Do you know you. Sasha from Malia? Sasha's the little one. Yeah, Malia's the older one. Damn, guys. Get with it. Charlie sees these guys and he he runs up to the bar. Sandra. Cassandra. Oh, Cassandra. Is everything all right, Zoe? You just called her Zoe. They really did. I, the, I thought the implication was that they did know her name and they were just being like, hey, mm-hmm. famous person, who are you? But they, they really they, did they not. They legitimately did not know no. who like the daughter of the president was. Yeah. So we've established how dumb these guys like, are. You're not okay. Cassandra. He called you Zoe. And then um, to further this, um, I, do they call him Sammy? Yeah. Come on, let's go back to the table. Oh, 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 oh. What's up, Sammy? Okay. Is that a racial thing? I think it's Sammy Davis. Davis, yeah. And they call him Superfly. There's so many they call racial him, things. There's yeah, a lot I, of I racial. Well, yeah, they yeah, get really they racial. Check out Superfly. <laughs> LL Cool J, man. Like Ice T. Ice Cube, Ice Tray, man. Why don't you do some of that hip hop for us, G Funk? Dr. Huffy Puffy Dread, man. Dr. Doolittle, man. Let us buy, please. You know- but they do start with Sammy, right? Like Sambo. They like, you think it was Sammy Davis Jr.? Yeah. I didn't know. Okay. Oh, yeah. It could be that, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. It's just kind of a sophisticated slur for it, uh, it's kinda... this 90s yeah, exactly. TV character actor. So let's let's it's it's arcane racism. Really. Yeah, let's yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt. They're saying Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh. But uh, Charlie plays it super cool. Guys, you don't know who this is. You don't want any trouble. Be cool. All right. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I'm looking out for you. He doesn't get like angry about it at all. He just he he knows how to like de-escalate the situation. Uh, and then Sam and Josh ha- head over to. Uh, Josh remembers to bring the panic button. And then the guy goes like super homophobic on him too. Oh good, more fairy boys. Kiss my ass, Zoe. I'm fine. Kiss your right. what fairy poppins? Charlie? Uh yeah. It's those they're guys are so like many bad insults. Like they're they're bad. like cartoonishly racist and homophobic at the same time. Like they're they're just like the worst people. It's a really shorthand to like make these guys into total assholes. It's kind of like a bunch of like older people wrote what younger people might say to insult other people in yeah their, they're, they're basically 2000. like the like punk gang in a frank miller comic or something like that yeah. like batman's gonna come in yes hey <laughs> super fi like it's also not. just so hard to write like intimidating scoundrel youth without any curses i was surprised that they dropped that f-bomb in the middle of the scene they did. Wait, what? Well, he calls. He calls. He calls you know what? To me, you look to be Doctor Faggot. Oh, that. Lowercase F bomb. Yes. Yeah. That was that was like the edgiest thing in, like you know. But the uh, and then the really weird thing happens is Josh comes up and he goes, "Hey, I recognize that guy." 
So he doesn't recognize the daughter of the president, but he recognizes the deputy chief of staff like on site out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> and then he recognizes Zoe's. It, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's like what the one guy, though, in the group who is like rec- <laughs> suddenly recognizing he's, everybody. He's the secret scholar. Well, you yeah. know that <laughs> guy. Junkie. That yeah. guy definitely has like a Tiger Beat poster of Josh on his wall. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's part of the Lyman fan club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's Josh Lyman. <laughs> get a selfie um josh's a super, josh's uh reaction to these guys is awesome yeah uh you guys don't realize it but you're having a pretty bad night because he, he knows that he had just pressed the panic button so he's just taunting them a little bit uh secret service comes in and arrests them and then charlie gets a pretty great like last word in my name is charlie young jackass if that bulge in your pocket's an eight ball of blow you spend your spring break in a federal prison it's like say my name bitch it's charlie young <laughs> So remember it yeah that scene is so good when the yeah. secret service come in it's just like it i haven't felt like that since the first episode when the president comes in at the end and i just wanted to yell america <laughs> <laughs> I, there was a lot of that in this episode I, yeah I, I felt. <laughs> it was like i felt very happy about like that all was not really america well it's, like, it's just like i was just like yeah, charlie secret service yeah. like and yeah, which leads to America, yeah, if you think American. about it. Uh, th- then they cut uh, to the aftermath of this, and it's uh, Bartlett and Zoe get kind of just like recapping. And uh, the president's like kind of being like pretty retrograde here. He's like, were you flirting with him? Did yeah. you, did you, did you ask, ask for, for it? it? Yeah. yeah, not cool. But then he sort of explains the nightmare scenario. Well, and Zoe stands right. up for herself well, too. She's right. like, even if I had, yeah. it wouldn't have justified what these guys did. Right, right. Um, yeah, but yeah, then he gives like he, his like scary nightmare scenario. You scare the hell out of the Secret Service, Zoe, and you scare the hell out of me, too. My getting killed would be bad enough, but that is not the nightmare scenario. The nightmare scenario, sweetheart, is you getting kidnapped. You go out to a bar or a party in some club and you get up to go to the restroom. Somebody comes up from behind, puts their hand across your mouth and whisks you out the back door. You're so petrified, you don't even notice the bodies of the two Secret Service agents lying on the ground with bullet holes in their heads. Then you're whisked away in a car. It's a big party with lots of noise and lots of people coming and going. And it's a half hour before someone says, hey, where's Zoe? Another 15 minutes before the first phone call. It's another hour and a half before anyone even thinks to shut down all the airports. And now we're off to the races. I don't know. I think that would make a pretty exciting story arc of a TV show, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. Um, <laughs> this is a scariest Bartlett so far, I think. Yes. Except, well, I don't well, know. What about a bombing Bartlett from earlier? But he's like, he wasn't super angry so much in like, that one. This is like, I don't know. This one seems somehow like more emotional because mm-hmm. it's his daughter than the other one the but other one goes, was like anger he goes from like really passionate yelling to like oh hugs and we're the best family real quick it's like yeah they turn it around really yeah. quick well she's like crying too well, yeah like he there's something kind of cruel about trying to scare your daughter in order well, to make, keep her safe well, and then this, he realizes when she actually gets very scared that he probably went a little too far this circles that. back to telling her about the gunman like mm-hmm. You know what? He yeah, still didn't tell her. Right. He could have told her that, and that would have put her, like, somebody tried to kill you two days ago. Right. And yeah. it's like he didn't want to tell her originally because it would probably scare her, and now he's like scaring the crap. You know, out I didn't of even her. think about that when that scene happened. That the other thing happened earlier in the episode, and that's why he's doing it. And this is just like, okay, n- I'm done with this. Like, right. Well, in some ways, it's like you know, a gunman 
like trying to attack her is less scary because then in like the white being, house yeah. yeah then her being kidnapped yeah they have alarms know? here 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 and here right. here, here and here <laughs> there were eight checkpoints between where she was and zoe <laughs> so i think it's the scenario he he tells her is way scarier and also like affects the country much more and also men israel what the f- why wouldn't they help out in the nightmare scenario they don't negotiate with terrorists <sighs> it's, it's pretty harsh uh th- i thought that was a really good scene though it was a and it's a very memorable one uh then they uh bartlett goes into leo's office and he apologizes he's on an apology tour yeah you know? <laughs> um and the, the, he, he drops into this like weird formalism he's like i i would like unanimous consent to revise and extend my remarks without objection um is that just that they're like two tough guys and they're uncomfortable with yeah. their feelings they so they have to the feels yeah. <laughs> yeah they're very they're very old school guys they go out to the roosevelt room uh who's josh sam and charlie are kind of like waiting to get uh harangued by the president's um donna comes in and wraps up her uh little parable about the the budget surplus. Uh, Donna? Yes. How much were the sandwiches? Twelve ninety-five. I gave you twenty. Yes. As it turns out, you actually gave me more money than I needed to buy what you asked for. However, knowing you, as I do, I'm afraid I can't trust you to spend the change wisely. I've decided to invest it for you. That was nice. That was a little parable. It's a really small plot line. I guess it was kind of cute. It was nightly, it nicely cute. packaged yeah, up. I liked it. It, Josh is like, that was a little parable. It was nice. Like, that's actually, that's my, that's my take on that plot line too. <laughs> but seriously, give me the money. Yeah. Yeah. I want like my $12 a lot of back. Plot lines with Josh and Donna like that, where they're like little subplots that are just like. Yeah. Well, well there's, there's been failure them. ones too. Remember uh, Donna's like college football betting plot line that one episode? Oh, right. It was just totally useless. This yeah. one's better than that. Yes. But they, um, I think they get better. But Donna hasn't like even been. N- adjacent to a main plot line yet has she i don't think so she becomes like much more important as a right the, yeah she's very side character at the beginning right and then uh yeah then the, uh, there's the funny scene with uh josh and sam we're trying to like talk about like let me tell you something i could have taken the two guys on the left those are my guys which guys the guys on the left the guys on the left is you're facing the bar yeah no 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 two guys that either one of you could have taken and then they go back into Leo's office. He calls uh, Josh in. Thank you for doing whatever it was you did. Matter of fact, I didn't do anything. But for what it's worth, I should tell you that Charlie didn't blink before he put his body between danger and Zoe. And then Charlie earned, like, kind of earns a seat at the card game from that. He's like, he's like, oh, oh, Charlie did that. Charlie, do you want to play cards now? You're in. He's like, are you good at poker? And he's like, no. And he's like, great, come play with us. Is the implication that everybody else that's playing poker had at one point like saved Zoe's life? <laughs> and that's like the stakes to get into the game. Or did they have a nightly poker game? I mean. Oh, yeah, they were playing. Was it the night before? I guess so. It, it must seemed like it. Yeah. I thought for a moment, like, wait, did that scene happen at the end? And they played it at the beginning. But yeah. no, that was. So they can. They can't do the big block of cheese day once a month, but they can play poker every night. <laughs> every night. And Leo goes to his fake poker game, too. Right. With, with Hoynes. Oh, <laughs> so, where do these people get all these hours in it's, the day? It's all calendar from like 9 p.m. on every night. It's just poker games yeah. around town. By the way, I wonder if... That's they, where the budget surplus is right? going. Someone has a gambling addiction. I wonder if they purposefully didn't include Leo in the poker game because it would be like 
oh, you can't make it home to Jenny, but you can freaking play poker every night. Wait, he was in the he po- was in the first one. first poker game. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he, you can't you can play poker every night, but you can't go home to Jenny. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> well, come on, bro. No home to go home to now. He's staying at the Watergate. He's gotta fix it. Fix it. Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> you demand. Fix it. <laughs> um, as as soon as uh they start the tension kind of goes out of like shake your your president shakes everybody's hand. He's like, oh, thanks for not letting my daughter get killed. Everybody else is like hovers in immediately where they just like standing outside of the door. Uh, it was, I think they actually say something like CJ says something like, oh, like have, have you given a beating to like the people in the room yeah. yet? Uh, yeah. CJ is kind of like a tattletale a little bit. Cause yeah. last episode she like told about the oh, things Toby, Toby said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's uh, not making friends there. <laughs> and then uh, there's like a little bit of a joke about the census thing. By the way, I now know everything there is to know about the census. Go ahead. You can ask me anything. How many people live in the United States? There is some material we haven't covered yet. <laughs> the answer? 318.9 million. All right. <laughs> what, was that according to sampling? Or? That was according to me typing how many people live in the United States into Google. Could be very off. You don't know that. <laughs> and, and then Toby uh, turns up the volume on the TV to hear Mr. Willis cast his vote. disembodied voice on the tv gets the titular line says mr willis of ohio and then he says yay yay <laughs> uh and that's the end of the episode uh the credits is uh the scene that we just saw and they it was the it's like a scene a picture of josh and leo and the president i i don't understand why they can't pick something more interesting here I know. <laughs> pick the fight at the bar or yeah i don't know anything really um I and would then, love to know how they decide what those images are gonna be for the credits. Yeah, it's it seems completely random. Yeah. It's like someone closes their eyes and like stops the, <laughs> the show at some point. It's Re- like rewinds this the one. tape, yeah. yeah. Uh they play the weird music again. Yeah. Uh it's yeah. uh the one from episode two. So I started another another column on my spreadsheet about which credit <laughs> music they play. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna have a bunch of charts at the end of the season. That's great. We should like I think, post I think that you're you're uh you're gonna have a lot of a lot more variety from first season than really anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Uh but it was the same one. I actually went back and verified that it was the same music as the other one. So they have like alternate credit music. I'm hoping there's a pattern maybe. The only pattern I could you're come gonna, up like, with is like decipher the code. <laughs> well, the the other one was uh the Morris episode. So it was like mm-hmm guest african-american star mm. gets the alternate credit music so oh. far a very special west wing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh the more you know noise plays in the background <laughs> um okay cool uh, that's the episode let's let's do some headlines hey um so you had trouble with it this week brayden i well i didn't have i wouldn't say that i just thought i yeah so i wrote my <laughs> headlines for because i thought for some reason leo was the vice president i know he's not he's not and he's definitely not but we you should know, remind everyone Brady's yeah. still new to the show he's just in, like he's not and you know so i had some like vice splitty some stuff <laughs> like that you know whatever whatever no more mr vice gal stuff like that you know it's not important because he's not actually <laughs> the uh <clears throat> the vice president um did, did anybody do census ones yeah 
I got to What's your census you, one? You go first. Okay. Mine are not very good. Mine is a uh, on census, no consensus. <gasps> okay. <laughs> I wrote Dems can't get consensus. <laughs> I, I have bipartisan consensus. Okay. I have also a little different. These are fun. Dems knock some census into House Republicans. Oh. <laughs> I had one that I couldn't figure out the second part of, but it starts with just it counts. <laughs> <laughs> like make it make it count or something like that <laughs> you know it's a good start yeah so i had one that was like um about the surplus of 30 billion dollars so i wrote dirt this is like if you are not in favor of the democrats so it would be dirty 30 billion <laughs> dems hold <laughs> hold on to budget surplus <laughs> i like it thank you i came to a point where i realized that Leo wasn't the vice president, <laughs> and I did some others. Oh, good about him. So, like, love him or Leo <laughs> was one. I had a condolence letters to Leo because, like, there's a band that sounds like that with Le- Cleo letters to Cleo. Okay. There's a band. Okay, okay. <clears throat> like I did um, McGarry unmarried. <laughs> Because that's his last name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I've got spousal abuse, unelected Willis widower, subverts constitution. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then it, along that theme, I have Willis or Wontis. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got. Uh, the last one I have um, is this is from the the Salinas Californian newspaper and it's local lettuce genetics lab awarded federal grant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a feel good story. Classic. Yeah. That, that yours reminded me of a thing, a question I had. What are the congressional inheritance laws of Ohio? Why on earth would the spouse is it like hereditary inheritance of congressional this happens but isn't that that's by appointment though right so i'm not sure if there's a standing rule or if it's kind of like a courtesy like a custom that the leader i think it's something like the leader of the party in that chamber gets to like assign a temporary until there's a it's usually the governor of the state so the governor of the state gets to appoint, I thought, an actual replacement for the rest of the term. But until that's decided, it's just custom to let the spouse do it. But I'm not, I just don't remember. But yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Right. Yeah, it's an odd one. Um, okay. So final thoughts on this one? I could start this week. Um, I have this one as an almost best wing. <laughs> okay. It's my, it's my, uh, it's as good. It's not my favorite episode of any of them so far but it's uh it's probably it's right up there because it's like it's very tight and cohesive and it makes a lot of sense there's no wasted scenes really and all the plot lines kind of feed into each other which is uh, kind of unusual for the show at this point that it's it's that closely related there's some good there's the best sam so far i think even though he's like a little mean to cj but it's like it's very good natured and nice and definitely the best charlie episode yet yeah. charlie's awesome in this charlie episode rules yeah, I really like this episode. I gave it a tribe called Quest Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Five dog recipes. Um, yeah, I would say next best wing. Is that equivalent to almost best wing? I I, I was almost thinking is a little higher. I almost a little higher. Okay, so I would almost best wing. I I mean, 
best way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was really good. I didn't really make me feel weird in any way. Like <laughs> like I actually <laughs> think that every episode except for the pilot and the one where they passed the gun bill no, I don't know. made me. F- they always had moments that were like uncomfortable and strange. This one lacked that, except for the funny, weird '90s, you know, children delinquents. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, I I really like this episode. It was like, uh, you know, whenever they have something that needs to get passed, it's really interesting. Um, and I really like anything with Zoe and Charlie. So yeah, I think I tend to like the congressional machinations ones the most so far like those this the other stuff is so overblown it feels like every other show about government always like falls back on military strikes or scandal or something and what's great about this show is when it actually like handholds you through a point of view on an issue and it does present things relatively fairly most of the time like it's definitely coming from like a liberal bent and it lands there most of the time but it tries to give a reasonable argument to the well, other side usually it makes you care about the process too you know no matter what side you're on i think it is sort of an educational mm-hmm. thing about how these things get passed i think the the most satisfying thing this show does is w- show you something that i really don't think happens very often in politics at all which is someone makes an argument to someone and then they're convinced by that argument and then they change their mind and like well, those that- are they make a point about how that's an odd thing, even yeah. in this episode. Though. No, I mean, I think they're fully aware of it because they make that the cathartic point, at least of this episode mm-hmm. and some of the other ones in the past. And it's so satisfying. Like, you're just like, oh, yeah, someone convinced someone else by <laughs> being reasonable and smart. If only I could get into a room with Ted Cruz. <laughs> I could convince him. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, just the beginning. But, uh, yeah, so uh, this is definitely a, a best wing for me because it kind of hits that that west wing g spot <laughs> <laughs> okay so, uh wait can we do something where we ask our listeners something so they yeah, can like, sure. like i want to know what people would listeners? carry yeah whatever whoever listens <laughs> all three of them all three of our listeners hey Susie. yeah <laughs> <laughs> hi mom <laughs> and my mom <laughs> and hi dad <laughs> my parents don't listen oh <laughs> um but no, i didn't even tell my parents <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no way. laughs> My parents actually started watching The West Wing because of this. Oh, nice. We yeah. did it. But anyway, I want to know. My roommate today was like, isn't that a really old show? I want to know what people would carry in their pockets if they were president. I want to know what other people would say. Okay. Other than we'll put it out there. Put it out there. We'll put it on the Facebook. Yes. Facebook.com slash and watch talk. I think yes. And watch talk. Yeah. Or on the Twitter at watch in talk the letter. <laughs> Or on our website at watchandtalk.show. Yeah, let us know and we'll talk about it next time. That's all, folks. (laughs) All right, cutting it off.